0: let's go ahead and go right into uh, our scripture reading this morning. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians 5 verses 1 through 10. So 2 Corinthians 5 verses 1 through 10. I'll give everybody a moment to flip there in your Bibles or your devices. Uh, and we'll also have the words up on the screen if anyone wants to follow along there. Well, I'll go ahead and start our reading this morning. It says, For we know that if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal dwelling in the heavens, not made with hands. Indeed, we groan in this tent, desiring to put on our heavenly dwelling, since when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Indeed, we groan while we are in this tent, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed so that mortality May be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a down payment. For we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. In fact, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. When I was uh, prepping and and planning for this sermon, I wanted to kind of do something that would be uh, a topical to uh, the time and and season that we're in right now. Uh, You know, towards the end of the year, we kind of go through different holiday seasons, and, and there's different things for us to consider. So, you know, Thanksgiving, obviously, we're we're thinking about what it is that we're thankful for thanking God for for the things that he has blessed us with uh, and Christmas time is a very important time for us as believers as well we're we're celebrating the birth uh, of our Lord and Savior uh, we talked a lot about that during our advent series you know the reason for the season and, and whatnot and then we get to New year's and New Year's to me really is is a time of reflection we're thinking about the year that was we're thinking about what what we did or what we didn't do, if we if we met our goals, if we didn't, what changed in our life? Was it a good year? Was it a bad year? And then as we are now into the new year, we're, we're considering, okay, well, what what do we want out of this year? What are we looking forward to? What do we want to change or improve upon? And so, for me, as I was as I was studying this, you know, this is uh, this is something that I want to do more. Uh, in my life, but what we'll talk about today. And, and I hope that it can be helpful for us as, as a body of believers and as a church this morning. And first, I just want to look at very quickly how Paul describes our earthly bodies, right? He says it several times. He says in verse one, we, if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God. He says, indeed, we groan in this tent. And then again, he says in verse four, indeed, we groan while we are in this tent. And I think that this comparison of, of a tent to our earthly bodies is a very apt comparison. If we are in Christ, we know that our eternal home, our eternal dwelling place is not here, right? Earth is just a temporary dwelling place. And so a tent, as we know it, of course, is, is also a temporary dwelling place. It's not something that we would call our home or live in long term. And so I think that's a great comparison. And then he says in verse 2, like I said, indeed, we groan in this tent Desiring to put on our heavenly dwelling and I, I want to focus on that word desiring other translations say longing for and and when we think about those words we, we don't really use them very often anymore right we, we don't say you know oh, I'm desiring raising canes or, or I long for chick-fil-a or anything like that right we save we save desiring for for more of the the things that are are important right the bigger things in our life that, that take up our time, effort, energy, brain power, and everything like that. And so as we go into this year, I want us to ask ourselves, what is it that you desire? What is it that you are longing for? And I want us to, to think about that. And and real quickly, I want us to think about Christmas for a moment, okay? Especially Christmas as, as you were a kid, right? Christmas, when you're a kid, it is such an exciting time, right, filled with so much anticipation and obviously the big part of it is the presents right you, you you start asking for all these different gifts and you start to see them uh, pile up under the tree and you're like oh could this be what what I was asking for and and all this stuff and for me and my family christmas was was a huge part of my childhood you know i took took asking for presents very very seriously we got the the toys r us catalog before toys r us went away you know we got the toys r us catalog in the mail and i would i would go through that thing like a scheduled event every single day i would be circling the presents that I wanted the things that I wanted I would be xing out things that I didn't want revising it like I I took it very seriously and so then I would I would finish it up and I would give it to my parents and I would say all right here's here's what I want you know here's a, here's a I was reasonable I wasn't like I was just circling everything you know I was I just was reasonable and I was like here's here's some ideas but and maybe you can think about this when you were a kid but think about a gift that you wanted more than like anything else okay something that you Is you were like, you know, at Christmas time, you're like, if I just get this, I don't need anything else. And for me, if you compared all of my childhood, like if you just boiled it down and you said there was one gift that you wanted more than anything else. For me, it was the Nintendo Wii console. Uh, I wanted that thing more than anything else. I was even praying about it, which is obviously is not good, but I was, I was just so excited. I wanted it. It was so cool. There was like the Wii remote, and it was motion controlled, right? So, you know, you could, it's like you're actually swinging a sword or bowling or, or driving or anything like that. Like, I was just like, man, this is, this is going to change video games forever, right? Like, this is, this is it, okay? So, I asked my parents about it every day. I, I asked for it every single day. And so, we get to Christmas time, right? And, and I'm opening up gifts. We get to the end of the gifts, and, and there's no, there's no Wii there, I'm just like, okay, well, you know, maybe next year, maybe, maybe for my birthday or something like that, you know, we'll see. And then my parents pulled the hall Wait, I think there's one more gift, you know, that, that we didn't put out there. And I'm like, you guys, like, come on. And so I, I open up the gift, and there it is, the Nintendo Wii. And I am so excited I lose it. And by lose it, I mean I had to run to the bathroom and throw up. That's how excited <laughs> I was. Like, legitimately, I had no stomach bug or flu. I was perfectly healthy. I was just so excited that I went to the bathroom and threw up. That's how excited I was. And so, look, maybe there was a gift in your life that was that exciting. Not to that point, probably, but, but think about something that, was, that you were really excited for, you were really looking forward to, something that you, you felt like you couldn't live without. But what happens every single Christmas when you're a kid? It's it's what I like to call like the Christmas cycle. You you get all these gifts, you get the thing that you wanted more than anything else, and then after a few months or weeks or even days, the shine kind of wears off on it, right? And and eventually, you know, Christmas rolls around again next year. And I don't know about you, but I wasn't really a kid that was like, you know, I got a really good haul last year. I think, I think I'm good this year. You know, just give me the necessities a new toothbrush, socks and things like that. No, of course you, you want more gifts. There's, there's something else that you can't live without that, that you think, man, I, I, I have to have this gift, right? That's, that's exactly what you wanted. It's so the Christmas cycle goes over and over and over. And I think for us in our lives, we end up having the same cycle with, with our earthly desires, with, with the things of this world, Right whether it be related to status, whether it be monetary, job or career related, relationally related, our goals and our accomplishments that we want, right? We, we kind of tie up all of our, all of our desires and, and our happiness into these things. And we say, man, if I, if I drove this car, if I had this house, I would look, you know, I would look accomplished. I would have more status or man i hate my job if i could get a new job I, then i would be happier if i if i moved up if people saw my work man people would see how important i really am or man, if i if i date this person or marry this person then then i won't be lonely anymore if i if i start a family then i'll feel fulfilled if i just make more money i'll feel happier and all my all my problems will be solved right we do this in our lives constantly with with all of these earthly desires and we put all of our eggs into these baskets and and hoping that, that they will fill us, that they will make us happy, that they will bring us joy. And ultimately, we know, even though we do it time and time again, it usually disappoints us. It usually doesn't live up to the hype of, of what we thought it could bring us. And ultimately, just like Christmas, there's something else that we turn our attention to, turn our desires to, that we think is going to, to change our lives or, or is going to affect us. And so I think for all of us, especially for me, I think we we need a shift in focus when it comes to our desires. And so today, I want to spend the rest of our time talking about why we should instead turn our attention to desiring heaven. And it sounds weird, right? Like, okay, we're here on earth. Why, You know, when you, when you read these verses, like, does Paul have, like, a death wish? Like, are we trying to go, like, to heaven sooner? And, and I don't think it's like that at all. I think what, what Paul is getting at here— uh, is that the desiring of heaven will help us get through this life. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a few points as we are as we go on. And so the first point I want us to see is that desiring heaven helps us get through trials and suffering. I don't know about you, but any time I go through something or some adversity or or anything like that, it it can really easily derail me or sidetrack me from from what I'm trying to to accomplish or what, what God is trying to teach me in these moments, right? Even the small things, right? I mean, I feel like sometimes I'm losing my religion in traffic sometimes, just getting so angry at different things. But, but it's so easy for us to, to zoom right in on, on whatever it is we're going through, whatever adversity or challenge or whatever it is, and just see, you know, we, we just get into this pit and we say, man, there's no, there's no end in sight. There's, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. I don't know how I'm going to get past this. But I want us to look at Paul's life as an example. Just a few chapters later in 2 Corinthians 11, Paul details many trials that he's gone through. And Maybe you've read the passage or not, but I won't read every verse. But here's a few that are listed. It says, five times he received 39 lashes. Three times he was shipwrecked. He was stoned by religious leaders. He had a day adrift at sea, and he was beaten with rods several times. I mean, each one of those is is enough trauma for one person, let alone the entire life of Paul, and, and that's just you know scratching the surface of, of some of the things that he went through. And yet through all of this, Paul is a model of consistency and faithfulness. And this is not to say that Paul, you know, didn't experience hurt or that he was perfect or anything like that, but Paul knew his desire was towards heaven. He knew obviously the the famous verse to live is Christ but to die is gain. He knew that even though he might go through all of these things, what's most important is the faith that he had and and the desire of heaven. Because what desiring heaven helps us do is it helps us zoom out of our situation and see the bigger picture. Paul was able to see the bigger picture that, that he was maybe going through these things for the glory of God, right? He was going through these things to be strengthened in Christ, and for us, when we go through different challenges or trials, it's, it's hard for us to see that. But if our desires are, are not on these earthly things, but instead upon heaven, we can zoom out, see the bigger picture, and see, okay, well, maybe God is, is, is molding me for something, right? Maybe God is, is strengthening me for something. And maybe God is just reminding me that, man, heaven will not have any of this, will not have the pain and the suffering, and I have that to look forward to, right? So desiring heaven helps us get through different trials and suffering as we are, as we're zooming out, seeing the bigger picture overall of what God has for us. So secondly, desiring heaven helps us acknowledge our sin. Uh, Again, I think sometimes as believers, we can get so, we can so easily just kind of shrug off our sin. We we can experience it, go through it, and and just kind of say, oh, well, Whatever you know, and and sin is not a but whatever type of thing, right? We know, of course, there's no, there's now no condemnation for those that are in Christ, of course, and we know that sin is going to be part of our lives, of course, but those aren't excuses. And I feel like sometimes, especially in my life, I, I kind of treat it as an excuse. Well, you know, it's just it's just a part of my life. You know, I'll I'll, I'll handle it later. You know, God's already forgiven me, so I'm good. But Paul is clear here in verse nine. He says, "Therefore, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to Him." When we are focused in on on Christ and focused in on heaven, our ultimate home and our ultimate reward, we remember that yeah, we we are supposed to be pleasing to God, uh, whether we are. Here or or whether we are eventually in heaven, right? And sin is, is not something again that we should just shrug off, but sin is something that we should be quick to repent and to confess of. I think we think sometimes that that repentance is just something that happens whenever we first get saved, but repentance is something is it's part of worship, it's part of our daily worship that we go to every single day, and confession as well, whether it's to to brothers and sisters in Christ and to God, we we must have this. A part of our daily lives, and like I said, when we're uh, focused in on on our earthly desires and, and these things, it can be easy for us to to just shrug it off or to say I'll handle it later or not worry about it. And and we have these prayers, even though you know we go through uh, and, and are struggling with the same sin over and over. And we pray God will help me break this sin, but then we walk the same path every single time that leads us down to that sin and and we need to be quick to repent instead and not treat our sin as if it's some small thing because it, our aim like it says is to be pleasing to him so desiring heaven helps us get through trials and suffering and desiring heaven helps us acknowledge sin and finally desiring heaven helps us share the gospel i know growing up there is I always had the question of, well, why am I still here, right? If if I'm saved, if, if heaven is my ultimate reward in my home, why does God keep me here and, and let me experience loss and failure and, and suffering and, and all these different things? Why doesn't God just take us here, take us away whenever we get saved? It would only seems like it would only make sense. But there's this book uh, called What's Best Next by Matt Perman, uh, and I actually got to preach last uh, year on, on the, the will of God in our lives. I'm pretty sure I quoted this uh, in that sermon as well, but it's, it's just so good when, it, when we're talking about why are we still here and what is our purpose here on earth. And, and Perman says this, As Christians, we are to be in this world not for what we can get out of it, but for what we can give. As Christians, we are to be in this world not for what we can get out of it, but for what we can give when our focus is on desiring heaven, when our focus is on Christ, we remember that our eternal home, our eternal dwelling place is gonna be a most glorious inheritance, right? It's gonna be joy beyond anything we can imagine here on earth, and it is for eternity. And we remember as well that everyone who has lived, who is living or who will live, will spend their eternity somewhere. And if they're in Christ, they will spend it in heaven with us, worshiping and glorifying God forever. If they don't know him, they will spend it in hell, separated from God, in eternal torment. This is the truth and the reality that we live in, and it's time to start living like it's not the truth, right? Like we need to remember, I need to remember that that is the truth that we live in. And we need to have urgency when it comes to the gospel We must be quick to sharing the gospel because ultimately all the things that we may desire that we may be be putting all of our all of our eggs into one basket for it like ultimately they it will all pass away and it's and it's insignificant when it comes to our eternity and and it's hard for us to even consider eternity right it just seems like it's just a really long time, but it is forever, and we must have urgency with the gospel all those things i mentioned before none of them are necessarily you know evil things that we may desire but look we we must change our our true desires and our hearts onto heaven onto christ and onto living out his word because the work of christ is is ultimately the best thing that we could ever do the best thing that we could ever accomplish here on earth and so we must pursue after that and, and pursue after sharing the gospel with other people. One of my resolutions for this year, truthfully, is, is to read this passage weekly because I want to be reminded of, of when I maybe get sidetracked with, with different things that, that you know, catch my eye or different things that take my attention away from, from God or different things, different sins or, or anything like that. Or when I come into contact with people that don't know Christ I want to be reminded that ultimately desiring heaven is the most important thing that we can desire here on earth and that we will spend eternity somewhere and everyone else will spend eternity somewhere as well. And so I pray that as a church, I encourage us as a church, as a body of believers, as individuals, that we can turn our desires to Christ, to heaven, so that we can help us help each other through trials and suffering, help us acknowledge our sin, and ultimately be urgent in sharing the gospel. The Great Commission says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And for us, we should go therefore and make disciples of all of Acadiana, of of our communities, of our homes, of of our workplaces, of our schools. This should be our aim and our focus and our goal. Everything else is secondary. So I pray and I encourage us that we can do this as a church uh, as we go about this year and that we can focus in on desiring heaven. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for a, another year that we get to to worship you, Lord. We're so excited about this year and, and what you will do for us and, and what you will do in this church, Lord. And, and I just pray that, that we can have our focus be on you, have our focus be on your heavenly dwelling, Lord, the, the place where, where we will go. And I just pray uh, that we would remember that everything here is secondary, but that you and your word are forever. And I pray that we will have urgency with the gospel and sharing it with those around us. And I pray that we can just love you more. In your name I pray, amen.